This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. Yesterday, our team at the Grassroots Law Project, in partnership with the Louisville Urban League and attorneys for the family of Breonna Taylor, filed a legal brief showing blatant misconduct from Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron on the Breonna Taylor case. And yesterday on the Breakdown Live, the episode that we do live on Twitch every Thursday afternoon, I broke down our legal brief and explained the misconduct. And I want to play that part of the episode for you today, just so you can understand exactly what it is we're fighting for. We're calling for there to be a new grand jury and a new special prosecutor. But I want to explain to you how we really believe that could be possible. Here you go. The, the, the breakdown. The, 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 the breakdown. The, 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 the breakdown. Remember, this part of the episode that you're about to hear was pre recorded yesterday on the breakdown live. I just really want you to hear the breakdown that I give where I try to unpack and explain our legal brief and why we believe the case to prosecute the officers who killed Breonna Taylor is still wide open. Here you go. The first thing that I want to take a deep dive into is a legal filing that we just made moments ago, and I am going to post the link uh, here if I can. If I am able to, let me see here. Uh, I'm going to post the link to the legal filing. It's also on my Twitter page. It's also on my um, on my Facebook page. Just about 60 minutes ago, just about an hour ago, we filed a new petition for a new prosecutor to be appointed in the murder of Breonna Taylor. You know, we call this the Breonna Taylor case, but I've said this many times. We really shouldn't call this the Breonna Taylor case. We should name this case after the officers who shot and killed Breonna Taylor. But uh, I want to explain to you what we're trying to do. And uh, I'm going to share my screen here in just a moment. And uh, you all let me know if you can see it. Give me one second here. One second. There we go. Um, Kentucky has something. Now, I'm from Kentucky, uh, born and raised, uh, lived in Kentucky until I was 17 and then I moved to Atlanta to go to Morehouse College and um, and uh, was glad to leave Kentucky. <laughs> and even my mother has now moved out of Kentucky and we were in some ways glad to say goodbye. Uh, Kentucky caused me a lot of pain as well. And for everybody who read my book, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But um, Kentucky has something called the Office of the Prosecutor's Advisory Council. And very few people know about this. It's the Office of the Prosecutor's Advisory Council. It is a fully functioning office in the state government of Kentucky. 
and it has nine members. Eight of them are appointed by the governor. Now, the governor of Kentucky is a Democrat, Governor Bashir, really good man, really good governor who I respect a lot. And I know personally that he is deeply disturbed by the murder of Breonna Taylor and still wants to do something about it. Well, there is a pathway for him to do something about it. Kentucky has an office of the prosecutor's advisory council. Okay. Now this, uh, prosecutor's advisory council has nine members. Eight of them are appointed by the democratic governor. The ninth member is Kentucky attorney general, Daniel Cameron. (laughs) Okay. So just go with me here as I make my case. This prosecutor's advisory council is where citizens of Kentucky who've been wronged can say, hey, who've been wronged and the prosecutor assigned to that case refuses to do anything about the criminal wrong that happened to them. You can then present your case to the prosecutor's advisory council. Now, it's actually powerful that Kentucky has a prosecutor's advisory council, and most states don't have this. And when you have been wronged in Kentucky and a local prosecutor or the assigned prosecutor refuses to do anything about it, you can then submit a petition to the Kentucky prosecutor's advisory council. Well, Daniel Cameron, the attorney general, who is a friend of Donald Trump, who has campaigned for Donald Trump all over Kentucky. This is Daniel Cameron, who is close buddies with Mitch McConnell, who actually he most people don't know this. Daniel Cameron worked for Mitch McConnell for two years. He was one of the chief attorneys for Mitch McConnell. And just as as a very important point to make, Daniel Cameron has never tried a case in court before. Not as a prosecutor, not as a civil rights attorney, not as a public defender. He has never tried a case in court before and somehow ran to be the attorney general of the entire state. So he hardly even understands criminal law. He has never done criminal law or civil rights law before and and only worked uh, as an attorney for a corporation advising them and then worked for Mitch McConnell. That was literally the job that he had before he became attorney general. So the man has never tried a case in court, has never worked a criminal or civil case a day in his life. All of a sudden last year, he is elected the attorney general of Kentucky. And somebody said, how do you get to be an attorney general? Well, (laughs) you, you run for office He ran, he won, whatever, and he won by a large margin, as a matter of fact, which then allows him. You have to be an attorney to be the attorney general, but he's never tried a case in court. And he made a dozen different serious, serious mistakes in the Breonna Taylor case. I I am trying to divorce my emotions because, of course, all of us who are here, we care deeply about Breonna Taylor trying to divorce my personal emotions from it, he bungled the case. And as you may know, he refused to even charge the two officers who actually shot and killed Brianna. Instead, he only charged the one officer 
who shot the wall of her neighbor. In other words, to him, uh, all walls matter. <laughs> you know, like Brianna, Brianna's life did not matter enough for him to charge the officers with reckless homicide or manslaughter or second degree murder. He didn't charge them with any anything reckless. He only charged them with being reckless enough to shoot the wall. Even though Brianna was unarmed and nonviolent and committed no crime, she never never had a gun, never fired a weapon. She did nothing wrong. Shooting and killing her is the very definition of reckless. And so in partnership with the attorneys of Brianna Taylor's family, that is Lenita Baker, Sam Aguilar, uh, Ben Crump, in partnership with those attorneys, and with the Louisville Urban League, our organization, the Grassroots Law Project, we just filed a legal brief with the Office of the Prosecutor's Advisory Council showing them uh, the gross misconduct of Daniel Cameron. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a deep dive with you. If you're here with me, I, I expect this to be a nerdy audience. And uh, I want to show you uh, what we're doing here now if if you're watching on a phone don't click away but if you're watching on a computer in a um, in a separate browser you can look at this with me okay and um, here is our argument on September 23rd 2020 the public reasonably believed that when Attorney General Daniel Cameron emerged to announce that the grand jury he impaneled did not indict any officer for killing Breonna Taylor, that the grand jury had heard all the relevant facts and applicable law and decided not to file homicide or any other charges relating to her death. Subsequent events prove these reasonable assumptions false. Let me explain. It is now clear that Daniel Cameron never even provided the grand jury with the opportunity to make that decision, severely limiting the charges and evidence available for the jury to consider. As we now know, Cameron, Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron, restricted their, their only options to a few counts of wanton misconduct based on damage caused to the neighbor's property and then deliberately, listen to me, deliberately misled the public as to what had occurred in the confidential proceedings. Cameron, in other words, refused to give the grand jury even an opportunity to show that the life of Breonna Taylor mattered. Listen to me. In a case where the police barged into the home of an essential worker, unannounced in the middle of the night and then responded to a single bullet with 32 shots at a time when the public is already losing faith that both police and prosecutors actually protect all members of the community equally. Here is our argument. It is critical that the Kentucky prosecutors advisory council work to restore that trust and appoint a special prosecutor to present all the facts and all the relevant legal charges to a grand jury. And here is our legal argument. Cameron's failure to fully present the case 
violated his constitutional obligations. This entire document is 12 pages. We quote, we quote a lot of case law here and a lot of the Kentucky constitution, uh, where it requires the executive branch. This is in the Kentucky constitution to take care that all laws be fully executed. Also, you can look at, uh, Hoskins versus miracle. And we have a, we have a link to all of this where you can read it that holds that the grand jury, listen to me, that the grand jury is a body independent from the prosecution and therefore it has constitutional roots. And we also state very clearly that Daniel Cameron abandoned his ethical duties. And we quote here from the American Bar Association criminal standards that requires the prosecutor to treat a grand jury as an independent body. It is required for him to do that. Now we know from two members of the grand jury, two different members of the grand jury have now said they would have filed charges that they believe the other officers took criminal actions just today in an interview with Gail King that was partly released yesterday and more of it was released today. Two members of the grand jury said, listen, we believe that the officers who shot and killed Breonna Taylor broke the law, but we were never given an opportunity to say so or to file charges. Let me explain to you that reveals gross misconduct from Daniel Cameron. Daniel Cameron basically said, here is the tiny little box that I will allow you to consider filing charges. I will only allow you to file charges against the officer who shot the wall. Because here's the thing. And we break all of this down and I want you to see it. Daniel Cameron, this is our first primary argument. Daniel Cameron failed to fulfill his constitutional and ethical responsibility to present to the grand jury the full legal charges to the facts of this case. When Daniel Cameron refused to show the gross, blatant, reckless misconduct from the two officers who actually shot and killed Brianna, when he refused to show them the evidence, and let me be clear, I've listened to the grand jury tapes, they requested that evidence and he refused to give it to them over and over again. Jurors said, I want to see this. I want to understand that. Show me this. And he would not give it to them. But even with the evidence that they heard, we now know that at least two members of the grand jury who filed a lawsuit against Daniel Cameron so that they could speak out have now said, yes, we would have filed criminal charges, but he did not allow them to. He did not allow them to, and that literally violates the oath that he took when he became an attorney. Grand jury proceedings have to be independent. You have to present the evidence and allow them to charge as they see fit, and he did not do so. This is gross misconduct, and when he came out to present the grand jury's findings, he then blatantly misrepresented them. And in this, we, we quote his own words where he said the grand jury found that the two officers who shot and killed Brianna were not liable. No, they did not. 
they were, and the grand jurors have come out to say that they were never even given the opportunity to say such a thing for him to then say the grand jury found this. No, no, no. You found that Daniel Cameron made that decision and then imposed it on the grand jury who said no. And, and here's the difference. Had he actually presented the charges of reckless homicide or first or second degree murder or manslaughter or anything like that to them. And they said, no, it would have produced what's called a no bill. But the grand jury did not come back with a no bill. They only came back with the charges of wanton endangerment for the other officer who fired his gun all over the damn place into three different apartments. But if that officer was reckless, so were the officers who shot and killed Breonna Taylor, who was unarmed and nonviolent and broke no law. She has more rights than the damn wall. Do you understand me? And in essence, Daniel Cameron presented a case for property damage, but never even presented a case about the damage that was done to Breonna Taylor's body. It's wrong. It's actually a gross form of misconduct. And now with this legal filing, we are demanding that the office of the prosecutor advisory, the prosecutor's advisory council, that they appoint a special prosecutor. Well, that's not easy because Daniel Cameron is actually the chairperson of this council. We are saying the Eight members of the council were appointed by the Democrat. Daniel Cameron is a Republican. We are saying that Daniel Cameron must recuse himself. He cannot, he cannot rule on a case involving his own misconduct. So even though he is the chairperson of the prosecutor's advisory council, he has to recuse himself from this council. Do you understand what I'm saying? He has to recuse himself. He cannot make a decision on our petition, which is about his misconduct. He has to recuse himself from that and allow the other eight members. Someone will have to become the interim chair as he recuses himself. And those eight members will have to decide on our petition and a petition filed on behalf of Tamika Palmer, Brianna's mother. I want you to see this and understand it because... Mass incarceration and police brutality. If you've listened, if you read my book or if you listen to the breakdown podcast, you hear me say this all the time. Mass incarceration and police brutality are actually very complex and how we stop them here. Let me let me go back to full screen here. One second. And how we how we confront police brutality and mass incarceration has to be incredibly strategic. And so I want you to understand that we have to go up against the complicated nature of police brutality and mass incarceration. We have to go back with it with a sophisticated plan of our own. Do you understand what I'm saying? We we sometimes fight back against mass incarceration and police brutality with strategies and plans that are way too simple for what we're trying to fight. And so. Uh, I've posted here a few times. I just posted again the link to this petition. I want you to be a little nerdy and wonky. And when you give free time, I want you to read it. I want you to understand it because over the next few days, 
We're going to have action steps that you can take with it. Somebody uh, 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 just mentioned police unions. We actually reference in our petition where Daniel Cameron, after he received the endorsement of the police union, said, I will be your voice every day I'm in office. Daniel Cameron was endorsed by the Kentucky Police Union, the FOP, the Fraternal Order of Police. And after he received their endorsement, he said, I will be your voice every day I'm in office. What does that mean? I will be your voice. What it means is Daniel Cameron really needs to recuse himself of any case involving police misconduct, any case at all, because he has uh, he won. He received the endorsement and donations from police, and he has now already openly said to police, I will be your voice. Well, you can't be the voice of the police and the voice of Breonna Taylor. And, and what's despicable is he basically chose to represent the police and not her. That's what's happened here. And uh, we have all of that information in the document that uh, that we shared. That's our legal filing. Uh, it's now if you go to my Twitter page, it's pinned at the top of my tweets. And uh, I want you to see it and read it and understand it. Uh, we've been working very hard on it. And we have a backup plan to our backup plan to our backup plan. But we are determined to force this prosecutor's advisory council to make a decision showing. Yeah, thank you all for sharing it, uh, showing uh, that Daniel Cameron has gross misconduct in this case, period, point blank dot com. Listen, I want to break down what the NYPD just did, and I want to think through some action steps with you all as well. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to make sure that we send you all those action steps as well. OK. The very, very best thing, and I'm going to share this with you now, the very best thing that you could do for me is go to, let me share this with you, because our action steps are going to have multiple, multiple steps to them today. And I want to email this to you. If you go, let me give you the link. Okay. I'm going to share it. I'm going to, I'm going to paste the link here. If you go to grassrootslaw.org slash volunteer, we're going to give you some hardcore action steps to take for what the NYPD just pulled, given this man who murdered his eight-year-old son, his pension, refusing to fire this man, refusing to even hold a disciplinary hearing, and giving this man his pension. If you go to grassrootslaw.org slash volunteer and sign up, I'm going to give you action steps for that. And we're also going to tell you all the things that you can do. Now, we just got great news literally in the past 30 minutes. The if I can one second, I'm going to share my screen with you. Um, this is where you go to grassrootslaw.org slash volunteer. But we just learned that our petition was accepted and we're going to be on the docket. Uh, 
No, <laughs> no, it, it was muted like 15 minutes ago. <laughs> my my wife just came in to tell me that my mic was muted, but she got the message and was trying to help me now. So <laughs> I'm so sorry that my mic was muted earlier. Um, the prosecutor's advisory council has put us on their agenda for their next meeting in December. And so between now and if I have it right, December the 3rd, we are on their docket for December the 3rd. Uh, I, I want us to take some real action. Yes. Yeah, somebody said the boss was making sure I was good. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, at least y'all know who the boss is for sure. <laughs> um, I'm going to give us some action steps that we can take to make sure they hear us and take us seriously before December 3rd. So when they rule on the petition that we submitted, we want them to know that there are thousands and thousands of people standing with them. And so what I need you to do is go to grassrootslaw.org slash volunteer and fill that out. Okay. Grassrootslaw.org slash volunteer. And we'll go from there. Love and appreciate all of you. There's so, so much for us to do. Uh, let me go full screen and be able to tell you all bye. But uh, grateful, grateful for all of you. We got work to do. Again, go to grassrootslaw.org slash volunteer. And I'm going to send you directly all the action steps. I'll also make sure we send them to all of our patrons and members and subscribers so that you can take these steps with us. Are you going to take these action steps with me? So I'm going to take the time and craft them up and send them to you, but I just want to make sure you got them. All right. Hope you really, really enjoyed today's episode and we'll be breaking up all the clips and reposting them so you can see them again. All right. And this will be live. This whole episode will be live here on Twitch as well. All right. Remember, we'll be back on Tuesday for a primetime election special right here on Twitch. Love and appreciate you all. Got to go, everybody. Take care. Break it down. Hey, everybody. I want to tell you about a brand new podcast that I love a lot. And it's not because... There's a woman that I love who is the co-host, my dear wife, Ray, but she is co-hosting a brilliant, important, essential podcast called Woke at Work with Dr. Blanca Ruiz. It's an amazing podcast about women of color in the workplace and all of the unique challenges and opportunities and sophistications and they have brilliant interviews and they unpack the myriad of issues, what it really means to be a woman of color in leadership in the workplace and so much more. You spell it W-O-C at work, W-O-C at work, women of color at work. Search it. It's on all of the platforms now. It's getting amazing reviews and I want you to check it out. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. 
Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.